Well, thank you very much to our uh, musicians, and thank you very much for coming. My name is Robin, one of the ministers, the oldest minister here, and it's my joy and privilege uh, to welcome you, and to welcome you to this newly redeveloped building. We've been out of it for a year down the road in Cluny, and we're hugely thankful for being able to be relocated there. But we're thrilled to be back in this community to open up this church that was built over 160 years ago and to see life breathed into it again. One thing that's happening in our country is that the institutional church is changing, is declining. But equally, all over the country, gospel churches, living churches, orthodox churches are growing and thriving. We were privileged to have on Friday uh, Ian Murray, the local MP, with us. And he met a number of the young people here training for gospel ministry. And let me encourage you, or let me surprise you, and tell you that the church in this country is, is growing. It has life. It has green shoots all over uh, the country. Now, today is a, a special day. There's something that happened this afternoon in Qatar. And I'm going to put my foot spectacularly in it because none of you watched it. So I was in the choir rehearsing, but we had a phone. <laughs> now, some of you might not know the score. You may have taped it. It was three all near the end. <laughs> and the greatest footballer on the earth was crowned. His name begins with M and ends with S-E. <laughs> and the next greatest footballer, Mbappé from France, won the golden boot. So everyone's a winner. Now, for those who love football, it was a, an extraordinary game. Argentina were 2-0 up, the game was done. I even left the telly to go and help Sally in the kitchen. 2-1, 2-all, 3-2, 3-all, extra time, penalties. The greatest show on earth. Now, we are a long way from Qatar, but we watched it on our phones and whatever. And that's the modern way of communication. It's the modern way of knowing that something happens. Now, Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate, more important than the World Cup final, that's fair, his birth bisects history, B.C. and A.D., the most famous person who has ever lived, the man who has a greater following than anyone at any time in history, at any period, and even today in the world, he is the greatest following of any uh, person, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ, God's Son, had to be born at one point in human history, and he wasn't born when there were mobile phones and televisions. He was born 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, in Palestine. And what we have been given, and you heard lots of these readings tonight, are eyewitness testimonies of Jesus' life. They're written by people who were there. Now, let me commend that to you. Let me commend to you that with all the ways that historians measure the validity of ancient documents, the gospel books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, way, way score out on anything else. Christianity is not fiction, it's facts. It's grounded. It's grounded in the life of a man, Jesus Christ, who lived, who died, 
and was raised and reigns. Now, my job in the next uh, few minutes, and I promise you it'll just be a few minutes, I, I left my house with these words ringing in my ears, keep it short, <laughs> or keep it shorter than last year. But the football went to extra time. <laughs> and how about if Christianity is true, and Jesus Christ really is the Savior of all humanity, that he fixes the deepest and gravest problem we have, that he looks death in the eye and is raised from the dead, and that he prepares us for a say that's all true, then it merits seven or eight minutes of real concentration in the busyness of life. I want to say three things. Number one, that Jesus Christ came for us. We read these words from Matthew's gospel. You will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And you will give him another name, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Or from John's gospel, the word became flesh. The word means Jesus, the eternal Son of God, became flesh, became a man, a human being, and made his dwelling amongst us on earth. He came to live on earth. He could only have come to live at one time as a human being. That's not our time, but we have eyewitness testimony of those who were there. And millions of people have staked their life on the belief of what they read, and something else I'll come to in a minute. Jesus came to be with us. He came to share our pain. You may remember when uh, the queen died. Well, you will. It's a tiny thing, but it really captured the news when David Beckham joined the queue. This global star joined the queue. And there was something really powerful and human about that. When someone comes to be with you, and that was a serious moment as they walked past the Queen's coffin. It is profoundly meaningful when someone lies down and dies that their loved ones are with them. It was profoundly hard during a global pandemic when human beings were forced apart by social distancing. The legacy of that is massive in our culture. Loneliness in the UK is described as another pandemic. One in 10 people, according to Mind, the mental health charity, will think about suicide on Christmas Day. One in 10. Loneliness. Jesus came into our world to be with us. Let me tell you what a Christian is. A Christian is somebody who has a living 
relationship with Jesus Christ. It comes through faith in Jesus. And when you become a Christian, you believe in Jesus and his spirit and it's supernatural and it's real comes to dwell within you. And when you meet a Christian, a real Christian, they will be different. They will have in their life a joy, not a superficial joy, not happiness, but a joy that surpasses circumstances. Joy that seeketh us through pain. Joy that grieves at the loss of a loved one, but not as the world grieves, not without hope. Joy and peace. We had a young man called Chris, who might be here tonight, who was baptized recently. That's what happens when you become a Christian as a sign of the forgiveness there is in Jesus Christ. Chris had cancer when he was 16. And he stood up here and he described how he had a supernatural peace that is inexplicable, that is God-given. And those around him sitting here tonight are nodding because it's true. Again and again, I get to do this as a minister. I get to be with people when they die. What a privilege that is. I get to sing to them. Sometimes I think that helps them. (laughs) And occasionally I have to sing with my fellow elders and leaders in the church who can't sing. But what a privilege that is. And what I see in that most vital of moments in life and death, the closer a Christian gets to eternity, the more peace and security. And there's almost a a visible sight of watching a soul leave a body. And that's the world we're in. Peace and joy and a relationship with God. We get to call him Father. We get to call Jesus Christ Savior. And he changes us, he transforms us. And what I, what I love as the minister, the oldest minister here for this community to be, Chalmers Church, is just a whole bunch of people who are reconciled to God and to one another, who love each other, who do life together, who look out for one another and genuinely care for one another. And let me encourage you, if you're not yet a Christian, don't just come to a carol service. Don't just come and be part of a Christian community. And put faith on the line by the people you see. And I hope and pray you will find people who are genuine and who love you and will talk to you about stuff, real stuff in life. Jesus came to be with us. And middle-class people from Morningside can be as lonely and as isolated as anyone. He came to be with us. And since I became a Christian, I have not known a day where I have not had the companionship supernaturally in a real, real way. And I'm not a glass half full. I'm not an excitable chap. I'm the opposite end of the spectrum. But it's real. And I do not fear I do not fear ultimately what will happen, for Christ is my Savior. Jesus came to be with us, second, and it's two short ones and a bit of extra time. (laughs) 
Jesus died alone to save us. That's why we had a reading from Matthew's account of the passion, the death of Jesus. It's why we sung from the squalor of a borrowed stable to a hill on Calvary, where Jesus fought for breath to save us. Jesus Christ came to be with us, but he came to save us from our sins and to deal with our deepest problem. Now, the World Cup came as a glorious shaft of light in what is not a particularly good time in our history. We are privileged in Chalmers to have families here from Ukraine as refugees. One Sunday, one of them came up to me before the service as she got out of the car and said, please pray for my husband. Our home is being shelled. A completely pointless war. Every year. And a global pandemic, a financial crisis. Does our world need fixing? Is our country healthy? And Jesus Christ says the root of our problem is our human sin and rebellion. In our hearts, there is something fundamentally wrong. Jesus fixes it by dying on a cross. Now, that might sound strange and hard to understand if you're not a Christian. But give it time, investigate it, understand it. Get someone who's invited you tonight to explain it to you. Put them on the spot. Jesus died By becoming a sinful man, he was sinless. He took upon himself sin, and he took the judgment of God. And if you trust in him, you are forgiven. And if you are not forgiven, and we sing these extraordinarily powerful words, if you are not forgiven, at the end of this life, there is eternal judgment from a holy God. One of the great myths of this life is to think that this is all there is. Three score years and ten, a little bit more, a little bit less. And all eternity before us, Jesus Christ died to forgive our sins, to reconcile us to God, and to ensure that when we face death, we will be raised to everlasting life. Jesus came to be with us. He died alone to save us. And he wants us to be with him forever. The one thing Jesus Christ will not do is wrap his arms around us if we are not willing, as the carol said, to fall on our knees in humility and say we need salvation. It's all he asks of us to say we need salvation. And if we die as Christians with faith in Jesus Christ. We lie down in our beds. And God willing, with our loved ones holding our hands. But even they have to let go. And to lie down and die with Jesus Christ as your Savior. 
means resurrection to everlasting life. How do we know? Because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Let me encourage you to read about it. Don't let the opportunity bypass you. It may be in this moment in history, in this moment in your life, and I don't know what's going on in your life. All I do know is that behind every door in this city, there is stuff going on. If God is speaking into your heart about making peace with God, about coming to Jesus Christ for forgiveness, don't spurn the chance. It's like a gift. It must be taken. Let me encourage you to do that this Christmas time. Thank you for listening.